This episode is brought to you by KPMG Risk Services. KPMG believes that when you've earned the trust of all your stakeholders, that's when your business has a solid platform to grow. That's the trusted imperative. KPMG Risk Services develop and put in place dynamic risk strategies designed to help your business earn that all-important trust. Go to read.kpmg.us slash trust to learn more. Hey, this is Randy Gage, and you're listening to the Power Prosperity Podcast. If you don't experience divine discontent, I think you better check your pulse. Let me redirect my mic here. Good morning from Miami. Uh, and good afternoon, good evening, wherever else you are in the world. Uh, thanks you, everybody, for joining. Uh, welcome to the Prosperity Celebration Service, which we do uh, every Saturday, 10 a.m. Eastern, at least for now. We're checking on the, uh, you know, I'm testing different things. This is really an experiment. Um, to see if the world is ready for this. The idea is to have a little church, (laughs) but not really church. Uh, I like to call it the prosperity unchurch. This is not a church. It's not a religion. Uh, It's just a fellowship of people who get together once a week and study the principles of prosperity, free enterprise, and generosity. So it is a for-profit ministry, meaning I want to model the principles that we teach and talk about every week. Uh, And so if you would just say, hey, check in in the chat, let me know who you are and where you're watching from, you guys who are with me on the live stream. And if you're listening on uh, the podcast, it's a replay. And we also put up a replay. Every Monday, we put up the replays on my YouTube channel, Prosperity TV, and the Power Prosperity podcast. So check in there at the YouTube channel if you're watching the replay. And just let us know who you are, where you're watching. Um, And just some news for you guys listening on the podcast we have just been picked up by the C-Suite Network. So we're gonna change our hosting and we will still be on Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, about 15 different platforms, but we will be leaving Anchor and I think maybe Simplecast. Um, And those really, we only have about less than 1% of the listeners on those, about 80% are on the Apple platforms, about six or 7% on Spotify and then the other ones. So uh, we, if you, but if you're listening on Anchor or another one and you have a problem, then go and check out the other ones. So let's talk about divine discontent, which is our topic for this week. And allow me to take you back about 10 years ago uh, when I went on sabbatical. Now, let me share with you why I went on sabbatical. Um, I was doing really well in my business. I was doing really well from a prosperity context had a beautiful condo in South Beach. I had an apartment I kept in Sydney, Australia. Uh, I was making in excess of a million dollars a year. Uh, And just, you know, a fleet of exotic sports cars down in the garage. And uh, things were, I mean, things should have been perfect. and, but here's the fascinating thing, and I think the context from money, we, we, we do talk about money frequently in these lessons because we're talking about prosperity, and money is a, an important element of prosperity. But obviously, it's not the only one or even the most important one. I think their prosperity, as we talked about last week, is really a holistic thing that involves many things. Um, but to give you an idea, I was 
netting with my business, my royalty, book royalties, my investment uh, earnings. Uh, so I was netting about $125,000, $135,000 a month in income. And I broke that down and I realized that's $4,000 a day that I make. Every day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, Christmas, New Year's, Easter, Saturday, Sunday, whether I work, whether I don't work, I got four grand a day that I can spend $4,000 a day in disposable income. And I thought, you know, for me, a guy who was, uh, you know, a single mother raised three kids, I was the middle kid. We were poor. I was poor my first 30 years of my life. Uh, I hated being poor. I thought as soon as I could get wealthy, money would solve all my problems. So there I was, $4,000 a day. And then you realize and I'm buying $65,000 watches and $40,000 watches and $80,000 watches. And then I run into uh, the, uh, I'm in the, uh, my favorite watch store and they have a Hublot watch which was $480,000, if I remember right. I'm like, I can't really afford to buy that. You know, I don't want to say I can't afford it, but it wouldn't be prudent for me to buy that watch. So there I was, I had all this money, but it still wasn't enough. I had this apartment on Hyde Park in Sydney and I had this beautiful, I was in the park, but had a beautiful view. I could see the, the top of the Sydney uh, Opera House from my living room. Um, and then for you guys who know Sydney, we, you know where Hyde Park is. And then you have the, I think it's the northeast corner of what I would perceive, um, but where Oxford Street goes in and there was the big Marriott Hotel on the corner. And they were re renovating that and turning a building next door into condos. And I thought, oh, I want to get a condo over there. And uh, it was $9 million for the condo. And I'm like, could I really? And I'm like, wow. So I still don't have enough money to just buy anything and everything that I want to get. But let me tell you the most important thing. The most important thing was I was powerless over an addiction to crystal meth. And I recognize it took that addiction for me to understand that what we talked a little about last week, that money doesn't solve all your problems. Money solves your money problems. And, um, but I came to realize that I, you know, was I just going to keep striving harder and harder and harder so that I could buy any $470,000, $80,000 watch like this and uh, a $9 million apartment like that? And was that really all there was to life that I was just going to keep accelerating, trying to earn more and more and more and see if I could get to the point where I could earn so much that there would never be anything I couldn't afford. And more importantly, I was going to be dead because the crystal meth was going to kill me uh, long before I was going to become a multi-billionaire. And it wouldn't matter how much money that I could create. It just wasn't going to, you know, it wasn't going to matter. And that's when I went on my sabbatical. And I shut down my YouTube channel, my blog, all my social media. I stopped actively working my business. And I took two years to travel the world and work on me. And that was kind of the, the germination of this book. My latest book is called Radical Rebirth. It came out last week. Um, I feel like it's the compilation of all my work for the last... 20 or 30 years. And, um, but one of the themes that you're going to see in the book frequently is this idea of what I'm calling divine discontent. And I think this is a really important uh, 
element to prosperity, to living a prosperous life, which is what this, uh, you know, this lesson is about every week. Um, so what is, what, let's talk about what that is. What, what do I mean by divine discontent? And I believe it's a state of mind that you are able to live in gratitude for what you have, not be overshadowed by what you don't have, yet still have this innate hunger, this innate desire to do, have, and become more. And um, if that relates to you, just wave, say hi in the screen, those of you guys watching, give me a, uh, I see Isa Bonita there and Lisa Ryan and Jorge and Jose, my co-creators in Prosperity Espanol and uh, Bob Berg is in the house. We got some, some great people who really understand these kind of principles that we're talking about. So this desire that this, this state, and I think it's really a spiritual state, where to know, okay, I can celebrate the watch collection I have without saying, but I want that hublot for half a million dollars. I can celebrate the exotic cars that bring me joy without saying, yeah, but if I had a Bugatti and a McLaren and a, and a, and a, right? But at the other hand, I think it's really important that we don't, at least for me, and again, this, this, what I share with you guys every week, this is just what's working for me now and what's not working for me now. I'm just a philosopher sharing the journey that I'm on in the hopes that the lessons I'm striving to become the highest possible version of myself uh, and be a little bit closer to that destination every day and share the lessons with you guys along the way. Uh, I don't claim it's one size fit all or that everything works for everybody. I'm just kind of sharing what's working and what's not working in my life with the idea that you're all big kids. You can process the information and then see what's applicable to your life and how it can work for you. Um, and I believe that yearning for th this idea that you can do, have, and become more is a really spiritual pathway to enlightenment because it causes you to develop bigger dreams. The bigger dreams require you to grow more to achieve them. Um, and then you realize, okay, um, you, you realize that who I am right now isn't going to take me to where I want to become. And that's what I call a radical rebirth and was the basis of the new book. Um, for you guys who've been here since the beginning uh, on the first live stream uh, three, four weeks ago, I talked about sitting in a dreary hotel room writing my suicide note and thinking that there was just no reason for me to keep going on. And fortunately, I got professional help and I uh, didn't make that decision and take that action. And I'm so blessed that I didn't and so grateful and glad that I didn't. But I recognized that I didn't have to kill myself. I could simply kill off the parts of myself that I didn't like. And I could replace them with behaviors and traits and personality traits and, and daily actions and beliefs that I did want to become, the kind of person I did want to be. Uh, and I think that's where prosperity lives. I think that's where a prosperous lifestyle is. You get, not everybody's on this path, right? Like every week we see somebody in the chat, right? We had them again today. I see at the start, one or two people. They're just like, and you know what? We get thousands of people who watch this now every week. So 
all the porn sites and all the spammers and everybody is looking like, okay, there's a free audience of a couple thousand people are going to watch this thing this week. Let's go spam it with crazy stuff. So you see that they're not, there's lots of people not on the path, right? There's lots of people that are just like, hey, keep your head below the cubicle. You know, the in Australia, they call it the tall poppy syndrome, meaning that, you know, the tallest flowers are the ones that get cut first. So if you just keep your head below the cubicle and, you know, hump day and thank God it's Friday and then we can get some pizza and some beer and binge on Netflix all weekend long so we don't have to think about our life of quiet desperation and you get paid and the check is always there and you got a roof over your head and I get there are people that have decided to subsist on that kind of existence but that's not who I'm speaking to with these services every weekend. I'm looking for the people who understand that life is a journey and that you never do get to that destination, but it is about the journey. And yeah, I get that that's a cliche, but there's a reason that that's a cliche when we say life is about the journey. So I would submit, that life is about this journey of continuous rebirth. And that can only happen if you have divine discontent. You know, if you're one of the millions of people who just say, hey, you know, life's a bitch and then you die and that's just the way it works. And, you know, do your job and get through 40 years and then you retire and you're gonna get security from the government and you can, watch TV all day and lay on the couch. Okay, but that's not where enlightenment is. That's, what, that's not a prosperous life. I believe a prosperous life involves actively seeking out challenges, actually purposefully, mindfully challenging yourself to do have and become more and get to that. So you're evolving toward that highest possible version of yourself. And the most spiritual part of that is knowing that you'll never get there. And that was the big breakthrough for me 10 years ago, because remember, I once lived on $7,000 a year. Right. So when I lived on seven thousand dollars a year, if you would have told me that I would at some point in my future be earning four thousand dollars a day, cash money every day, I would have said I will have the perfect life. There will I will never have another problem for the rest of my life because I will have made it. And it's only when you get there and, you know, figuratively made it, did you realize, no, it's, it, there is no made it. There is no getting there. It's about what are you doing to move closer to the highest possible version of yourself? And that is such a spiritual experience. I think it's, it's, and I, you know, I equate it to, and that's what I think the book is, and, and, and what I think the, the, the trajectory of your life is when you commit to this, this journey um, is it's an evolutionary process for breakthroughs. It's just, it's this uh, magnetic force that pulls you forward. Now, I think there's some wrong ways to approach this or maybe Maybe they're not the wrong ways, but they're just the not as good ways. So let's say I think there's some effective, uh, positive ways to approach this and maybe some less effective negative ways to approach it. So, so let's, let's look at some of the negative things that we want to avoid if you want to go on this journey with me. Uh, first, you got to stop comparing yourself to others. There is always somebody with a bigger yacht. 
There just is. There is always somebody who has more sports cars. There's always somebody who has more degrees. There is always somebody who has better health. Whatever uh, scoreboard you want to use, maybe you're going to be number one. You know, maybe LeBron James is or was at some point the greatest basketball player in the history of the world. Maybe Michael Jordan is or was, maybe Steph Curry. You know, there may be a time when, uh, like right now, it may be uh, LeBron is the greatest basketball player in the world. He's number one. There's nobody better. Or whoever, Steph Curry, whoever you want to put in the conversation. But there's still people that have more money than them or better relationships with them or better health with them or better education than them or whatever. So you, nobody's going to be number one on all of the Billboard Hot 100 charts at the same time. It will never happen. So you got to stop the comparison thing. You know, I, one of the things I did for prosperity was I always had fresh flowers and still do to this day. I think, yeah, you could see them back there. I have flowers delivered. So I have flowers in my office, flowers on my dining table, flowers in my bedroom, right? So I spent a lot of money on flowers. And uh, it just so happened that the guy who was detailing my uh, cars also detailed Richard Branson's cars. And Richard had a place a little up the coast from me. And so, I don't know, we were talking about flowers one day and then he told me, Richard spends $5,000 a month on fresh flowers for his mansion. <laughs> I was like, here I think I'm such a prosperous guy because I'm spending six, $700 a week. Richard spends 5,000, right? There's always a guy with a bigger boat, right? So you realize, no, it's not about that. This is not a contest from me and Richard, uh, who spends more on the flowers? What it's about is like, wow, that's what they mean when they say, slow down and smell the flowers. You know, appreciate um, You realize that's what it's all about. So forget the comparison thing. The other thing, and I think this is really relevant today in TikTok and Instagram and Facebook, um, is what we do is we're all our, our own worst critic, okay? I know nobody is harder on Jorge Melendez than Jorge Melendez. I just know that. And I know that's true for everybody. I know nobody's harder on Bob Burke than Bob Burke, right? I, anybody in this chat, and I know I'm, nobody's harder on me than me, right? Because you know every petty thought you've ever done. You know every immoral, illegal, nasty, not nice thing you ever did from when you were 12 years old and you wanted to date your best friend's boyfriend or your best friend's girlfriend and you said a snark. You know every horrible thing you've ever done. So you judge yourself by the internal you that you're aware of. And then you judge everybody else by the external them. So you see George Clooney being interviewed by Jimmy Kimmel and he's rich and successful and he, he's politically active and he donates to charity and he cares for the little people and you see the perfect public personification of him, but yet him? He sees the internal one. And I would bet George Clooney is probably the most uh, critical person of George Clooney, right? Uh, because we all are, right? So don't compare your life when the sink is backed up and you can't get the plumber out and you're reading your friend's post on Instagram where they're frolicking on a beach in Tahiti, Okay, that's social media stuff. That ain't real. Okay, that's all make believe. So um, everybody puts, I mean, I can't even tell you. I mean, I, I've seen 
you know, I, I, some friends of mine, there was this post, they were at a ski resort for New Year's and it was all the kids and the family and the hot cocoa in this ski lodge and videos of the slopes and what an amazing thing they're having. And like a week later, um, the wife calls me to say they're getting divorced. And yet I thought, man, if, 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 if you went by the Instagram post and Facebook post I was seeing last week, everything was perfect, right? But here it is, they're getting divorced because that's the external versus the external, internal versus the external. Um, and then for my Buddhist friends, I know we have a lot of Buddhists who, who watch this as well. And I've studied the, the teachings of Buddha and I think there's a lot of great stuff there. Uh, but the interpretation I hear often about Buddhism is that uh, the world is filled with sorrow and all sorrow is created by desire. And that if we could just eliminate all desire, then we would eliminate all sorrow and we would be happy all of the time. And I just don't think that's a realistic interpretation, a realistic translation of what Buddha was saying. Uh, as I read the teachings, I think it's more about the attachment. You know, we, we create attachment. Uh, we hold attachment for specific outcomes. Uh, and I think that can cause us sorrow. That can cause us disappointment. But I don't believe that even Buddha felt that we should not have any desires because Buddha had desire. Buddha had a desire to share his teachings with the world, which he did, right? So let's not, that's why I say this is, I think maybe not the approach we want to take to it is that, okay, if I can just reduce my desires to my current existence, then I'm going to be happy. I believe, no, then you're going to be dead. And maybe that language is too strong. Maybe it's not. I don't know. But I just feel like if you're not evolving, if you're not growing, developing, moving a little closer to the highest possible version of yourself, are you really living life? Or are you just existing? So let's talk about some better ways to apply this. Let me see how I'm doing on time. Okay, good. Um, keep your gratitude flowing. Because remember, the, the basis of divine discontent, because notice discontent is not a positive word, right? The, for most people's definition. So that's why I feel it's really important. I pair that word with divine, because I think it's a spiritual discontent content, a spiritual state of discontent. And the first part of that uh, scenario is that it is that you have gratitude for the things you do have. And then we still have the, the desire to do have and become more. So keeping a gratitude journal, uh, prayers and affirmations of gratitude, expressing gratitude at every opportunity for the, the people in your life, the people around you, the things that happen to you. Um, you know, I express gratitude every time I'm coming back from the gym. I just express gratitude. What a great workout I had. And then I make my egg white omelet and my protein and everything. And, and I like express gratitude. Just And as soon as I say it out loud that, oh, what a great workout I had. What a great nutritious meal I just ate. I feel the energy pulsating through my body. I, I celebrate that. I live in gratitude of, of the moments, right? Um, and then I think the next thing is to really understand the link between becoming and having. Um, so somebody type that in the chat, please. Key point, the link between having and becoming or getting and becoming. Because um, what you recognize is that all 
prosperity is created by, as we talked in an earlier class, we solve problems, we add value, we envision possibilities. So the way we become more prosperous is to become more valuable to the universe around us. So we recognize that, okay, I may have a desire that I would like to trade in my old um, Chevy and get a new BMW or a Lexus or whatever the case may be. And you recognize, hey, there's a link between having and becoming. Because for me to have more, I get to have to become more. And that's the, the magic sauce in all this, that we recognize, hey, we manifest more prosperity by becoming a higher version of ourselves. And then as you go on this process, as you go on this journey, um, you, you start to seek things that take you closer to the highest possible version of yourself. And so there's a point where, you know, I just thought I could never get enough sports cars and I never could get enough watches and shoes and uh, suits and houses. And then I realized, you know, my, my desires have changed over the years. Now there's a lot of things that are a lot more important to me, right? I'm big on animal causes. I'm big on this mission of, of taking the principles of free enterprise and teaching them to at-risk youth, particularly in the inner cities, right? And that's why this uh, unchurch is part of that process, right? Because I was looking at, okay, how do I do this? Do I create a nonprofit foundation? Do I do an online learning platform? Do And I explored some different things. Like I was looking at maybe making this a membership site and then saying, okay, when you buy a membership, it also, we're going to give one membership free to a kid in the inner cities. Because I believe, you know, the, the answer to solving poverty in the world is going to come from prosperous thinking. And it's not going to come from just entitlement, right? We know if we took all of the money from the top two percentage of people on the wealthiest people on earth, and listen to this, if you haven't heard this, make sure you really get this because it's absolute truth with a capital T. If we took all of the wealth from the richest 2% of people in the world and we gave it free to the poorest 2% of people in the world, easily within six to nine months, the money would be back where it started from. Because the people at the poorest uh, part of the spectrum wouldn't even know how to manage that money, what to do with it, how to actually, this is why so many people who win $80 million in the lotto and you come back two years later and they're alcoholic, drunk, broke, homeless, so many things, because they've never learned financial literacy. They don't know what to do with money when they have it. Whereas Jeff Bezos has, you may not like him, you may think he has too much money. That's your choice to believe that. But you cannot deny he has learned how, he has learned financial literacy. He's learned how to do things with the money that he is able to create. So, I believe the answer is that we've got to teach kids the principles of prosperity. We've got to teach kids the principles of free enterprise. This is why I love a show like Shark Tank, you know, and I love that there's a lot of families that watch that show together and kids are learning how business works and, and how you've got to show value to an investor to get them to uh, come in on your, your uh, deal, right? So um, this is what I want to do with this platform. So that's why, and maybe I, so I'm going to go into the love offering thing now, because this is relevant to what we're talking about. So instead of doing this, doing like a platform and then thinking, do I create a foundation? 
I came up with the idea of this for-profit prosperity ministry. And it's done on a love offering basis, or what means pay what you want basis. I don't uh, apply a price to this. I don't say, okay, it's a one hour training and it costs $77 and here, no, it's like, okay, we're gonna get to a point in the service and I'm gonna say, okay, we're now, here's where you can support the work. So uh, that way, those kids in the inner city, the people who need to hear this message of prosperity and they don't have the money, they can watch this for free. And if you're one of those people and this is, you really can't even support it with a dollar, you just need this, great, I welcome. All I ask you is, hey, share the show. Tweet it, put it on Facebook, share it on your Instagram, share the podcast, share the YouTube channel whatever, tell your friends. Uh, I want to get people watching together. I love to see uh, groups and I get, we've got the COVID stuff right now and we've got to keep the social distancing. But for the people who are communing together, who can do this, uh, as you see on the screen, um, I've got a couple of people, Jorge uh, Melendez and Jose Lopez are actually taking my service every week and they are doing a Spanish version of that and the link for that they have a Facebook page or the zoom link is actually in the chat right now. Uh, I've got a guy working in Russia who's uh, Alexander who's going to uh, share the message there and I have heard from somebody just recently in uh, uh, Quebec, Montreal, Quebec, who's looking, I don't know if he's looking to share this in French, or he just wants to get a group together of people, uh, English speaking, and then they're going to, but anyway, I'm, I'm in conversation with him. And that's my vision that this is just going to go all over the world. And when we go to the moon, it's going with us to the moon. And when we go to Mars, it's going with us to Mars, and we're going to circulate it. So if you would, please be so kind as somebody type this in the chat. If you go to randygage.com, forward slash go, this is where you can support the work. So again, if you have no means to pay for this, great. All I ask is that you share the show with the people in your world. If you feel moved and want to support the work and know that I'm hoping like instead of saying, okay, it's $77 a person or $97 a person, and then I'm going to give one membership to somebody in the inner city. It's just like that you guys will support the work and say, hey, I can afford it. I'm getting value out of Randy's teaching. I mean, I have people who tithe to me because they don't have a church or temple and they feel like I give them that spiritual nourishment. If you feel moved, wonderful. But if you just want to support the work and I have people who say, wow, this, you know, and the, your work has meant so much to me and they send a thousand dollars. And I have people all over the world that do $1 a week and $5 a week and whatever it is, let's just circulate the prosperity. So if you go to randygage.com forward slash go, you will see the, uh, the affirmation that we do for the offering. So think of whatever you want to do to support the work. And then we're going to, I'm going to recite this and you can recite it with me if you want. We're spreading this energy all over the world through the internet. And then I want to come back because I do have some real thoughts on how we make this divine discontent work in your life. But anyway, here's the affirmation. Prosperity begins with me. Holding this seed offering in my hand or my heart, I send it forth as a vessel of hope, healing, and highest good knowing it blesses myself, the recipient, and the universe around us. And so it is. All right, so let's tie this all together. Um, it's not about asceticism. Now, there is a philosophy and adherence of this philosophy of asceticism, and that would be the one that says, Hey, just reduce your desires back to your base, most basic human needs 
and then you'll be satisfied. And these are the people that join monasteries and uh, live in a grass hut somewhere in the jungle and they don't have electricity or uh, internet or, you know, and, and if they are happy with that, I am happy for them. And if, if you're happy with that, then I'm happy for you. Um, I almost did that. There was a time for fun fact, for those who don't know, there was a time I almost joined a monastery. Um, there was a time I was going to enter the ministry, ministerial training program. There was a time I was a lay minister in my church for almost 20 years. Um, so I've looked at that philosophy. And I studied this a lot when I went on this sabbatical. This was two years where I just worked on me all day, every day. And the... Um, and, you know, to really give you an idea, I mean, what I did when I took the sabbatical was I put, my, you know, I got an offer, somebody who's interested in my condo at just that two weeks before. And then I had this revelation and thought I wanted to go on this um, sabbatical. And I checked with the real estate guy and the person was still available. And it was a sheik from Dubai. And so I sold my condo to this sheik, everything. I mean, I just said, okay, throw in another 150,000 and it's all the furniture and the artwork and everything and just bring your toothbrush. And he took me up on it. <laughs> so I, everything, I just, and then I, you know, sent a few things to my apartment in Australia and gave away, donated, I mean, hundreds of watches, hundreds of pairs of shoes, uh, a couple dozen, you know, bespoke, uh, suits and uh, just everything. I just said, it. yeah, I don't want to be, I don't, I got to the point where it was, I don't know if I own these things or these things own me. And I didn't like being in that spot. I want the money and material things to enhance my prosperity, to enhance my lifestyle, not limit them. So uh, I really looked at all, I, this is where I studied very deep all of the major organized religions of the world, looked at the big philosophies, and I looked at hedonism, asceticism, and, and that's what I want to make clear. This is not about asceticism. Um, I felt like if I did that, if I were to become an ascetic, I would be committing a crime against the force that created me. Um, and I, I, what I'm about to say is going to sound just arrogant as you know what, but I'm going to say it anyway. I felt like I have work to do in the world. I have uh, wisdom and insights that I've developed. I am a guy who went from a, uh, you know, sleeping on my floor, selling my furniture to pay the rent to becoming very wealthy. And I learned how to do that. I learned there's a process. I went from somebody who was ready to blow my brains out in a cheesy, sleazy hotel room to somebody living a prosperous life in health and harmony. Um, and I feel like there's a message there that I need to share. And if I were to go and, you know, go on the jet, the island where uh, Luke Skywalker did and just hunt for the eggs and the fish every morning and, you know, live in solitude, that would be a crime against the force that created me. And I think for a lot of you watching and listening right now, it's it would be the same for you that if you chose that route, there would be, there's so much you have to offer others in the world that it would be a crime. Um, but I'm not going to judge you for that. If you feel asceticism is your thing. Okay. But that's not what I'm talking about in this lesson. I'm saying divine discontent. Also very important. This is not about hedonism right? 
I realized, okay, so I got 250 watches and now I want that half a million dollar watch. And then I want the watch after that. And then and at some point you just say, that is not going to bring me happiness. It's not going to bring me joy. No matter how many cars I own or how many watches I own or how many homes I own, that isn't going to fix the stuff inside of me. That isn't going to give me power over an addiction. That's not going to give me the ability to be in healthy, functional relationships with healthy, functional people. And to, the hedonism is all internal, right? It's, and you know, the hedonism, the hedonism, the only place you end up is you're, you, you be like Donald Trump, if, if that's your thing, right? Okay, and I've got gold-plated toilets and gold-plated, it isn't going to make you happy. It isn't going to make you a better person. It isn't going to bring more prosperity into your life. So I think it's about the harmonic convergence, meaning you're, you're, and I love that term, harmonic convergence. That's, that's where I think, that's the sweet spot I think we're looking for with this, um, where we're nurturing our physical pleasure, our satisfaction, um, we're living in harmony, we're living in gratitude, yet we have created this magnetic force that pulls us higher. Right? My friend Bob Berg is on here, as I said, I saw him there earlier. I, you know, I remember when I sent him my galley, he agreed to review my Risky is the New Safe book. And he read it and he wrote me back. He said, Randy, this is your magnum opus. This is the work of your lifetime. And I said, dude, you know, thank you. I'm so honored, but it better not be my magnum opus because I need my next book to be better than that. And I felt like mad genius took me to a higher level. I believe mad genius takes the reader to a higher level. Thank you for the hearts. He said, Bonita is giving me hearts. And that's what I feel radical rebirth. Like I said, I believe this is the culmination of my work because I've put together the business, the philosophy, the health, the prosperity, all of that. We really, uh, and I don't want this to be a pitch about the book, so I'm not going to say any more about that. But uh, get the book if you didn't. I, I think it will really help you transform to where you want to go. If you don't believe me, ask Paula Zaragoza, who I see sipping some uh, beverage right now. She will be my testimonial. Uh, the... It's about finding that harmonic convergence, that place where you are still in gratitude, but there's something that says you have to do more. It's not right for you to hold still. It's not right for you to stand pat. It's a disservice to the force that created you. It's a dishonor to the universe that you are gonna, you know, the Bible talked about hiding your light under a basket. Uh, I believe there's real truth in that. Um, you remember, you have more only because you become more. And that's what I want these lessons to be. So we're gonna do this at least uh, for a while, I'm a, it's just an experiment. I'm seeing, okay, are there people out there who, is that my friend Booba I see in there? Um, you know, are there enough people out there who uh, were willing to support the work, who will share the show, uh, get it out on the, uh, the podcast and the YouTube channel and support the work? And if the universe shows me it's ready for it, then we're going to keep doing it. Um, right now, it, it's the plan is every Saturday at 10 a.m. Eastern. Um, if you have a better time for you, write it in the chat or on the YouTube channel. Same thing. Hey, my friend Peter in Canada, good to see you there. Um, I'm just trying, as you know, uh, my, my work is in like 27 different languages. So 
I've got uh, people who follow the work all over the world and they're all different time zones. And I know like my friends in Australia, it's probably one or 2 a.m. there. So it's not a great time for them, but it's a great time for the people in Europe and the people in Miami, it works pretty good. I got people in LA and San Fran who are saying, you know, you're making me get up too early. So I'm open to hear from you guys what you think. So whether here, whether on the YouTube channel, whether on my blog, um, but let's see where we go with this. Cause I think, I know, I know the world needs this message of prosperity and I know the answer to poverty is not entitlement. The answer to poverty is enlightenment, that we've got to share the principle. And, and I get, by the way, don't think, you know, I know what it is to have my lights cut off. I know what it is to be evicted. I know what it is to not have money for groceries. I know what it is to roll up pennies and get two rolls of pennies and take them and buy $1 worth of gas. Okay, I have done that in my life. So I know what that is. And I know that there are situations and circumstances in the world where we just need to help people, right? And this is why, you know, charity is the number one thing on my tax return every year and will be every year, right? I get that. There are sometimes we just encounter people that you know, we just, there's a person on the street and we just need to give them $20 because they need that money to eat that day. And that will make a difference for one person, right? But ultimately to, wow, I just think this might be a dolphin jumped up in the bay. Wow, we don't have dolphins here, do we? Uh, maybe we do. Uh, that really to make a difference is enlightenment. We have to teach these principles of prosperity, free enterprise, and generosity. And so that's what the work's about. All right, so I'm gonna end with our affirmation. Uh, it's on that go page if you wanna say it with me. We celebrate the following truth. We have prosperity because we choose to accept it. We circulate prosperity joyfully, lovingly, and gratefully. We become prosperity by generous daily living. Prosperity surrounds us everywhere in the universe, yet we know it begins with us. Thank you, my friends, for watching, everybody. Peace, love, and unicorns. I hope to see you back next Saturday, 10 a.m. Eastern. Peace. Hey, thanks for listening to the Power Prosperity Podcast. Do me a favor and practice the circulation law of prosperity and tell people about Prosperity TV. So if you would, just put something up on your Tumblr, your Twitter, your Facebook, your YouTube. Uh, let people know what you think of the Power of Prosperity podcast. Even take a screenshot of your phone and maybe post that picture uh, so we can build the community here at the podcast. Thanks, guys.